It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 18th, 2020. My name is Philip Ross Mike. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the Orlando Magic return home to the Amway Center. To take on the Charlotte Hornets, we'll recap the Magic's preseason loss to the Charlotte Hornets, areas of concern, areas of promise, and a whole lot more. We'll also take a look at the uh, bench uh, and, and, and how that group is coming along, especially with Cole Anthony uh, emerging as a very capable player, it seems like, already at this point of his career, as well as with Terrence Ross returning to the lineup. We'll talk a little bit about the bench. And finally, I was at the Amway Center on Thursday um, for what... I can only describe as a very just odd experience. Um, just it's it's very strange watching sports in a pandemic, especially with the way the Magic presented things. But um, I'll talk a little bit about what the what the in stadium experience was like um, as the Magic gets set to begin their regular season and get to be get get ready to begin um, the season that is really going to be strange for a whole host of reasons. We'll talk about all that coming up here in just a moment. But first, before you do any of that, I do want to remind you all you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're searching every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Looking for the Charlotte Hornets perspective on this game to get ready even for Saturday's game. Check out Locked On Hornets. No matter what your team, no matter what your team is, there's a daily podcast covering the team with the exact same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college too, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. 
The Charlotte Hornets beat the Orlando Magic 123-115. to That's the last time we really should mention the score, but we'll talk a little bit more about it here. From the very beginning of the game, the Magic were just, uh, I would say, a step off offensively. Um, a lot of missed shots early, a lot of kind of shots that they should make and, 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 and good shots just didn't go down for them. But really the big concern for this entire game came on the defensive end. The Magic for really the second straight game, and I don't think they were this lost in the first game, but the second straight game just looked a little bit out of sorts. Um, a lot of guys just late on rotations, not knowing where they're supposed to be, rotating to the wrong guys. It, it was it was not a good game defensively for the Magic. Um, you know, they give up 31 points in the first quarter alone, um, and it just... It, it got better. The Magic's defense was better uh, as the game went on, and, and I think they played some better defense in the fourth quarter. But it's really just for pockets. And, you know, I, I think that, A, it very much felt like a preseason game. Uh, and and I, I noted that throughout the course of the game. You know, the Hornets were going hard. They were playing hard. They were playing, you know, pretty sharp. Um, Charlotte looked like, they, you know, they're still figuring out their identity. They had some very specific things they wanted to work on. Uh, and it certainly looked like that they got to that. Orlando, on the other hand, played at, you know, half speed is not right, but played at a kind of lower gear than Charlotte did. The Magic were trying some things defensively that they don't normally do. Um, for the second second game, I noticed this against Atlanta, the Magic were blitzing screens, uh, blitzing pick and rolls. The only problem is the Magic didn't have any clue how to rotate behind it. And I asked Steve Clifford about this after the game, and he said, you know, it was something I wanted to try to do. It's something that we've we've worked on a little bit in practice, but certainly probably was not game ready. Um, there's certainly some adjustments they need to make on their rotations on the back end. And, you know, again, guys try guys tried, but you know, again, rotating to the wrong spots. It was just more not knowing where they were supposed to be. So Clifford was kind of th- you know, again, Steve Clifford was experimenting a little bit throughout this game, um, especially on the defensive end. So. Some of it, some of this result, honestly, take with a huge grain of salt. That doesn't mean you excuse poor effort. That doesn't mean you excuse any of that stuff. But it did not feel like the Magic were not so much at full capacity. It just didn't feel like the Magic were running on all cylinders. It felt like they were in a lower gear. And the Hornets, who you know are trying to build this kind of fast-breaking juggernaut of a team, we're running at much higher gear. You know, they seem to want to win this game and seem to want to kind of cement their identity uh, on a basketball court against another team more than they they can in a practice. Whereas the Magic are probably more fine tuning and trying to figure, trying to get kind of more serious game reps with some stuff that they're trying out and trying to figure out. But they, at the end of the day, know exactly who they are. They know exactly what they're trying to run. They know exactly what's successful for them. And honestly, they've got enough veterans on the team that I frankly don't worry. If a guy has a bad game in the preseason uh, and he's been in the league for six, seven, eight years, those guys know how to get themselves ready for the season. We have enough evidence to tell us, oh, this is what this guy does. Uh, You know, a lot of people were criticizing Evan Fournier, for instance. And Evan Fournier didn't have a great game. Two for six shooting, 0 for three from beyond the arc, four points. Um, four turnovers as well, which is probably the bigger bigger deal. But again, Fournier only took six shots. That's that Dwayne Bacon took more shots than him. That's that's not going to happen in a game. That's not going to happen when the games count. 
And and Evan Fournier knows how to get himself ready for a game. So if he takes a backseat in this one, so be it. Now, defensively, I thought, you know, he was in some bad positions at times and was guilty as anyone. But again, everyone was had that problem. And the Magic were clearly working on some things that, that they don't normally do and just clearly weren't super organized. And that goes on the coach. That goes on Clifford. But just a, a gentle reminder that these preseason games are preseason games. Uh, and... They're not the, and while they're the primary information the public has to get a sense of where teams are at, it is not the full information that a team has. So, again, take everything with a little bit of a grain of salt. Um, you know, we're not, we're not gonna go f- dive straight in and dive all in to say that this team or or this this group is X Y Z. We're not, we're not, we're not there yet. We're not at that point. Um, that's that's not what's going on here. Okay, that's that's. Uh, yes, these two losses were disappointing. Um, you know, more so Atlanta was disappointing because the Magic were just sloppy. It just didn't look like they wanted to be there. They didn't play with any energy. There were very few good pockets. Here, yes, some of the same things happen, and that part is concerning. The Magic do have to kick it into a gear, and. This is not a team that honestly can afford to flip a switch. This is not that kind of a team. But the guys that need to flip a switch, the guys that need to get themselves regular season ready or or need to show that they're regular season ready, are honestly guys that we know can get there. So let's focus then. You know, yes, the defense was a problem. The Magic gave up way too many three-pointers. Charlotte shot 18 for 41 from beyond the arc. That's not going to work. You know, Terry Rozier scored 13 of his 20 points in the first quarter. LaMelo Ball had 18 points and five assists. Did a really good job uh, kind of pushing the pace and, and he's got some real bounce. He's a really impressive rookie. Um, you know, the, the, the Hornets did their thing. But the Magic are going to be able to do their thing too. And, and so let's focus in a little bit more on the positives of the, of the game. Nikola Vucevic came out in the third quarter and just took over the game. You know, Orlando was down by I think 10 at the half and Vucevic just dominated the, dominated the third quarter and, and made it a game. 27 points, 12 for 20 shooting, 3 for 8 from beyond the arc, 12 rebounds. It's just a, you know, that is a Nikola Vucevic game. And he carried that offense for a long time. And again, maybe if the team were playing with a little bit of intensity, a little bit of focus, you know, weren't trying to work on specific things. It was like, you know, you're playing 2K and you're trying to accomplish specific goals, so you're kind of forcing things. That's that's what this game felt like in some ways. Cole Anthony, uh, you know, my first time watching him live, Really impressive. I, I I want to make that really, really clear. This isn't just something on your TV. This isn't just about a box score. 13 points, 4 for 7 shooting, 3 for 4 from beyond the arcade, 11 of those 13 in the second quarter, um, four, or in the first half at least. Four assists, three turnovers, still a little, you know, still a little wild, still kind of learning things. But, you know, Cole, Cole really does play with a lot of control and poise. Um, that's honestly, honestly the, the more most impressive thing that I saw from Cole Anthony is just how he manipulates space and how he uh, creates space off the dribble. Um, you know, everyone kind of, you know, some people kind of t- termed him as a, as a chucker, but honestly, he probes a lot, um, you know, and, and some of it is it's preseason and he's trying to learn where he can get his shots off and how he can get it, get his shots off. And he's done a really good job with that, honestly. Uh, you know, he's done a really good job being composed and and picking his spots when to take shots. I mean, I don't think there's been very many just abjectly terrible shots that Cole Anthony's taken or shots or, or, or honestly, possessions where 
he's been on the ball too much and hasn't kept it moving. Um, so uh, Cole Anthony to me has been a very is very very impressive. And just watching him live, you know, again from me, somewhat from the vantage point that I had, you could see the angles he was creating with some of his passes. There were several passes that he made that were just very very impressive passes, and they didn't end up in his assist because the player missed a shot. Um, so again, shot making still an issue. Um, Cole Cole Anthony is the real deal. Um, you know, I don't know if he's a superstar player, but he he's going to be able to play this year, and, and I think that's abundantly clear. Chimo Kiki also thought had a nice game: six points, two for five shooting, two for four from beyond the arc. Still a little, still not all the way there defensively, but it, this this kid just needs confidence. Um, you know, Evan Fournier had had a quote last week talking about Chuma, uh, where he said, you know, that the, we're all encouraging Chuma to be aggressive because. You know, once he's confident, once he gets over that hump, he's going to be very, very good. I, I think a lot of the players see how good he can be. Um, his shooting is real. He is a good shooter. Uh, the Magic haven't had a, a good shooter like him in a while, just kind of a true 3 and D guy. Um, you leave him open on the three-point line, he's going to make it. And, and and he had a nice move at one instance where uh, a guy closed out on him, he, he pump-faked and did a sidestep into a three and made it. Um, it it's going to be all about confidence with him, and especially on the defensive end. Uh, I think it, I think he'll get a spot in the rotation. I think it's going to be tough to keep him off the floor at the end of the day. Um, Marco Fultz, again, 14 points, 6 assists, uh, 6 for 16 shooting. Not his best game. Missed all four of his three-pointers. Not not as good, not his, uh, his worst pre- preseason game for sure. But, you know, still, you can see the conference. You can see the flow with him uh, going well. Um, I thought the one thing he didn't do particularly well was try and get the team into their sets a little bit faster uh, and, and get them... Get them playing with pace, the pace that they need to play at. Um, again, Orlando did some really nice things. There, there were some good stretches in this game. Early third quarter was a very good stretch. Magic had a stretch in the second quarter with the second unit that was very good. Uh, Magic had some fourth quarter moments that were good. Just couldn't close the gap every time. Every time they seemed ready to make a run or, or seemed ready to kind of overtake the lead or, or make that push for the lead. Um, Charlotte came up with the turnover. You know, Gary Clark had two turnovers late in the game that really hurt the team. Uh, but of course, Gary Clark also didn't play until the fourth quarter anyway, so he was kind of cold at that point. Um, they had a turnover that turned into a fast break bucket that, that helped them extend it, or the Magic just didn't get the stop that they needed. Um, again, there are good things going on with this Magic team, um, and there are reasons not to be worried, but there are reasons to be concerned. And, and certainly a big one is that the Magic just, that this is not a team that can just turn it on. This is That's not who this team is. That's not the kind of talent this team has. Um, and right now, this team, you're watching them, they're in preseason mode. And, you know, I have faith that Evan Fournier will be fine, that Nikola Vucic will be fine, that Aaron Gordon will be fine, that those guys know how to get themselves ready for the regular season. That any sense of, oh, you know, they're not playing at their hardest in games is because they're giving it all in practice. Or, or that, you know, Steve Clifford's kind of practice strategy is, or training camp strategy is, let's go hard in practices these games, these exhibitions are for working on little things, on testing some things out, but they're not about winning. It's not about the end result at the end of the day, um, especially if, you know, he's overtaxing them in practice, which is certainly very, very possible. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Magic play a lot better on Saturday, um, but we'll see. Um, you know, again, it, it, it it's it's hard to say. It's, it's really hard to say. I know... I often say my preseason goal is to get better with each successive preseason game. That's not happening. But again, some of that is the preseason is all the information that we have as the public, as, as someone that, that as people that can watch this game. We don't get to see practice. So 
Maybe something is brewing in practice. Maybe the Magic are seeing a lot of things that they like in practice, and they're playing their cards a little bit close to the vest so no one has tape on them so they can get out to the fast start that they all want. Who knows? But the Magic do have to get back into regular season mode here. Um, if, if this is regular season mode, the Magic are in trouble. That's that's the bottom line. That's really the, the thing at bar here. Um, again, I have faith that the Magic will be fine. I have faith that they'll be able to make that leap, um, but we'll see. Thursday's game did give us the debut of Terrence Ross for the year, which gave us a chance to see how he fits in with some of the new players. We'll talk a little bit about that second unit and what they can bring to the team coming up here in just a moment. But first, it is Friday, the end of the week. The holiday is next week, too. That's exciting. We love the holidays. Um, it's it's a it's a time to get through to the finish line. 2020 is thankfully almost over. Hopefully, 2021 will be better. And so now you need to burst, burst through that wall and finish strong. That's where Built Go comes in. Whether it's your mental or physical wall, break through it with Go every single day. They're easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. You can put them in your briefcase, your golf bag, or wherever to get you through your day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and much better results. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein, which is fast-absorbing, so it gets into your system fast and is easy on the stomach. It's also loaded with good stuff to ignite your work like beta-alanine, B3 honey, and a kick of caffeine. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Betting on the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game. You listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hang advice to make the smartest possible wager. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts today. The Orlando Magic welcomed Terrence Ross back to the lineup after he missed uh, missed the first two games with a fra- with a fracture in with a hairline fracture in his foot. Uh, he is okay, seemed to be no worse for the wear, and honestly, just having him back on the floor just changed so much. With the Magic down early in this game, Ross entered the game and started doing what he does, started making shots. In fact, Steve Clifford said the reason why the second unit was so successful in the first half, they started making shots. Terrence Ross finished with 13 points on 5 for 12 shooting, making 3 of 8 from beyond the arc. Typical Terrence Ross game. That's 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 a Terrence Ross game right there. That. It didn't look like he missed a beat. The guy is constantly in rhythm. 
But this was also the first time that we saw Terrence Ross on the floor alongside Cole Anthony, who has quickly become one of the more interesting and and intriguing players for the Orlando Magic and certainly kind of the star of this preseason. You know, as I mentioned, so many of the team's best players are veterans. They know how to pace themselves. They know how to get themselves ready for the regular season. The guys really seem to be playing hard and and making sure that they get the most out of these games are young guys like Markel Fultz, like Cole Anthony, guys that need confidence and need to see and prove to themselves that they can play at their new levels or in in this new league, in Cole Anthony's case, uh, at, at a high level. And so as we're beginning to piece the rotations together, so the Magic still are not running regular season rotations. This is a 10-man rotation with platoon swaps. Uh, the starting unit is Nikola Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, Dwayne Bacon, Evan Fournier, and Markel Fultz. The bench unit is Michael Carter-Williams, Cole Anthony, Terrence Ross, Chuma Okiki, and Ken Birch. And there is some overlap. We've seen Michael Carter-Williams has played a little bit with Markel Fultz. Um... Cole Anthony has played a little bit with Marco Fultz. Cole Anthony spent some time with the starters. Terrence Ross has spent some time with the starters. But largely, they have played as separate units. Um, you know, again, we're not, we're not yet at kind of full regular season rotations. I would imagine we'll see one of Evan Fournier or Aaron Gordon with that second unit. I imagine we'll see some more mixing and matching as, as Steve Clifford starts to tighten that rotation. He does like a nine-man rotation after all, and it's hard to say who the odd man out's going to be. It, 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 it might, you know, in order to stay at a 10-man, in order to stay uh, at a, a, a nine-man rotation, it might mean Chuma Okiki gets fewer opportunities, but uh, I think the Magic are pretty invested in Chuma. I think he'll, he'll get some minutes early on as well. That's, and, and a lot of this is also Dwayne Bacon being, um, in the starting lineup, the Magic are playing Cole Anthony in that starting lineup a lot more, or with that starting group a lot more, to get a look at that because you know Dwayne, you know Dwayne Bacon playing 26 minutes, he's not going to do that in the in the regular season. And so Thursday's game was a chance to really get a good look at this group together. And again, the returns were decent. I wouldn't say they were great all the time. You know, certainly the second unit struggled a little bit at the end of the game, but. There's some promise here with the second unit because all of a sudden, the second unit is loaded with shooters, something that Cole Anthony is certainly excited about. Um, just to, to be able to play with a dude who can shoot like that is shoot. That makes everyone's life easier. Just having people that can shoot, awesome. And that's not just one dude who can shoot. It's one of the best shooters in the league. So I'm just I'm, I'm happy he's back out there, happy he's starting, he's starting to feel better. And I just, I'm comfortable playing with him. I look forward to playing with him more. No, uh, he's good, man. Cole, he's a smart player. He knows the game. And, um, I mean, it's I mean, everybody pretty much knows, you know, my game. I'm just I'm a catch and shoot guy. So if you get it to me, I can pretty much do the rest. But uh, Cole, I, I think the one thing I was telling him was just, man, bro, because he, he took a shot earlier, and um, he was like, oh my fault, so you also was like, nah, bro, if you don't ever, you know, if you shoot it, shoot it with confidence. Don't ever hesitate. Don't ever think twice. Shoot it. Make sure you feel good when you shoot it. So um, there's always gonna be that balance there. Um, but, I mean, it was, it was fine. He's a good player. For the first time being out on the court against an, a different team, not themselves, Terrence Ross and Cole Anthony already seem to have pretty good chemistry and already seem to really like each other's games, as they say, as they said there. Uh, again, as I mentioned earlier, Cole Anthony's been one of the more impressive things about the preseason. Um, again, it's, 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 it's preseason. You don't want to read too much into anything, but he's been really, really good. 
he's been really, really solid. And, and, and there is a lot to like about what Cole Anthony brings to the table. Uh, and that's going to make Terrence Ross better, having another guy who can shoot, having another guy who can spread the floor. And that second unit, you know, even with Chumo Kiki, who has looked like he can be a shooter in this league, um, are going to be able to spread the floor and be able to give the team some much-needed scoring punch. Um, Steve Clifford has talked about this throughout training camp, how the bench was a bit of a struggle last year, how that second unit didn't really provide uh, the, the the punch and the kick that the Magic needed. And so many times in 2019, of course, Terrence Ross kind of just single-handedly brought the Magic back into games. Um, and, and, that, and that second unit, that second unit lineup, especially when Aaron Gordon was with them, really just turned the tide for the team in 2019. There really wasn't any of that in 2020. In 2020, the Magic's bench really, really struggled. And so getting a solid second unit, getting a solid group to pace the minutes in the late first, early second quarter, to get the team into the fourth quarter is going to be critical. Um, and we've seen that at work already. You know, the second unit brought the Magic back into this game in the second quarter, gave them a real chance to win it. Um, in, in the early fourth quarter against the Atlanta Hawks, the Magic had withstood that 19-0 run. The second unit, led by Cole Anthony, brought the Magic back into it. Now, it does feel like this group's going to go as Cole Anthony goes. Uh, and he's a rookie, and he's going to have inconsistency. And so, it, it's and now that's been the case in every game. Um, in this game, Cole was really good in the second quarter with the scoring. Fourth quarter, not so much. Not as much. Made some mistakes. You know, had a turnover on a, fa- on a fast break that he shouldn't have had. Um, you know, certainly, you know, the, the Hornets are trying to really put put pressure on them, and he largely handled it well, but certainly there were mistakes made uh, over the course of the game, especially late in the game here. And again, the rookie mistakes are things that he will learn and, and get better at as he continues to evolve. And what's been really impressive about Cole Anthony is that he it, it does seem like he is much more composed and sure of where he's supposed to be on the floor. And again, that again, preseason we talk about being better than you were the game before, Cole Anthony, I think, has progressively gotten better. And I think that's a really, really good sign. He was not happy with his first game, played really well in that game on Sunday, and played well again here on Thursday. And it's just continue, and it seems like he's going to continue to expand and to grow. Whether this second unit is successful or not is going to be a big determining factor for this team this year. Um, there's no doubt about it. There's no changing that. Uh, and, and it's something the Magic are going to have to rely on and count on. They've got the players to do it. They've got the shooters to do it. And if Steve Clifford gets his rotations right, the Magic could be a really potent team throughout the whole course of the game, especially against other second units. That's obviously the goal. But the Magic still have a lot of work to get there, and obviously there are bigger things to clean up um, that at least we're not seeing in the preseason. The Magic will take on the Charlotte Hornets to close out their preseason on Saturday. Coming up, we'll talk a little bit about what life was like inside the Amway Center during Thursday's game. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. 
Sometimes you and I need that kind of support too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The NBA fit season is almost here, and the Locked On NBA podcast is getting you ready for the start of the regular season with a special week of team preview podcasts all this week. Plus, waiver wire additions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball and rookies to watch from draft guru Chad Ford. I'll be tuning into the Southeast Division preview to get a lowdown on the Hornets, the Hawks, the Heat, the Magic, and the Wizards to get ready for the upcoming NBA season. It should be a fun year in the Southeast Division for a change. Check it out today wherever you download podcasts. Search for Locked On NBA. This is obviously a weird season. Um, this is a, a, a strange year where we're still going through the pandemic. We're still going through everything. And oftentimes it feels like sports should be secondary. In fact, sports probably should be secondary. Playing, uh, gathering together in large numbers is simply just not smart at the moment. Um, just with the, with the virus so spreading with, with, Hospitals continue, beginning to get overloaded again with deaths continuing to increase. It, it's it's hard to it's hard to 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 think of life as normal. And yet we're trying. That's that's really all we can do. We're trying. We're trying to find our little slice of normal. Everyone is in everything that they do. Just a way to get through the day and get to the next one. Make the next day a little more normal. You know, maybe the normal changes a little bit. When the NBA announced that they were going to come back for the season and have teams travel around, there's, you know, a certain amount of risk involved in that. But it certainly seemed plausible and likely that most teams would go without fans at their stadiums. We've seen that in other sport and other leagues and other and other sports. Some have had lots. Some have had fans in limited capacity. Others have decided to keep their doors closed and to just play the games in silent stadiums and quiet, fanless stadiums. But the games do go on. The games still go on. Here in Florida, the laws and the restrictions have been fairly permissive. We've seen fans at the Bounce House for UCF, at Addition Financial Arena for UCF, for. Ben O'Griffin Stadium for the Gators, at Doe Campbell for the Florida State Seminoles, uh, here in Orlando City uh, at Exploria Stadium for, for the Lions. It was inevitable that the Magic would let fans into their building. And as, as we detailed earlier in the week, they came up with very strict guidelines for when they do welcome fans. But Thursday was not, Thursday was limited to only friends and family of team personnel. Um, so not a, not a big group. I, I joked like right before tip-off, I could literally count five people sitting in the stands. And, and there are maybe a hundred, maybe a little bit more than a hundred, um, sitting in the stands, all socially distant, all wearing masks. It, it was fairly, fairly quiet. But as some of you may have noted as you've watched games on TV, it is, it is not quiet in the building. If anything, watching on TV makes it feel normal. Now, you know conceptually there are fewer fans, if any fans, in the building. But crowd noise is being piped in. They're still doing PA announcing. They're still doing all the sound effects that you normally get from an NBA game. If you closed your eyes and watched a game on TV, you'd think it was pretty normal. That things are as they've always been. 
I can tell you that being in a basketball arena and watching games played out in front of sparse crowds while the game operations people are trying to make it as normal as possible feels very weird. It's something that I think is going to be underrated about this season and something that that players are going to have to get used to is this environment. It does not in any way replicate a real ba- or, or, or a normal basketball game or normal NBA environment. It in no way replicates it. Some of it is just frankly downright funny. <laughs> there's a there's a moment in the fo- early fourth quarter where Cole Anthony got a backdoor cut and finished at the rim, but was called for a travel and. All of a sudden, you heard boos coming over the loudspeakers. There, there are six new speakers hanging from the ceiling at the Amway Center, piping in crowd noise. I kind of joked to myself as I was sitting there an hour before the game, before game, the game tipped off. Um, the white noise that they put on of the of the crowd kind of murmuring almost put me to sleep. <laughs> it was a little disquieting, and you know the Magic kept everything as normal as they could. You know, Paul Porter was there to give the public address announcing. Uh, you know, DJ D Strong was up in the Ozone, you know, kind of being as the in arena MC. You know, Stuff did some skits and the, the team did some games with, with select fans up in the Ozone uh, for, you know, for, for everyone to watch. And I don't want to drag game operations here. You know, they're doing their practice, they're doing their run through. There's going to be roughly 2,000 people at opening night on Wednesday. Um, they've they've got to go through their paces too. It's preseason for everybody. So I don't want to drag them too much, but pretending like everything is normal and pretending like everything is as it would be without a pandemic just felt a little weird. I get it. Everyone's trying to find their little slice of normal. And I'm sure for the players, you know, they've all said that Having the crowd noise, having you know the fans on the video boards back in the bubble, it helped. You know, there's at least some small correlation between uh, the the team, the designated home team, and win percentage. You know, maybe not as strong as it normally would be for a home team, but it was there. It was present. But being, you know, I didn't go to any of the games in the bubble. Um, you know, this the the the, the amount of hoops you had to jump through to get through just did not seem worth it to me. And so this is the first time I've watched live in-person basketball since February, I think. I don't think I went to any games in March. Um, So it was good to be back in the gym. I will say that. It was good to be back in the building. You know, the Amway Center is a a second home in a lot of ways. Um, It felt comforting to be there. And and so I I, am not, you know, I am... I almost didn't go just because I didn't. I'm still a little wary of crowds, um, but I will not begrudge anyone who wants just a little bit of normalcy. Um, you know, I, I encourage everyone to stay safe, and I'll talk a little bit about that coming up here. I encourage everyone to stay safe, um, but I do not begrudge anyone the desire for a little bit of normalcy, for a, just a little bit, a little taste of getting away from the pandemic and from just the stress of everything and. And, and that's what sports has provided us in this pandemic. And, and, and I do think, you know, again, the sacrifice and, and, and the lengths that the NBA especially has gone to make this as safe as possible for the players um, should be commended. It, it's never going to be 100% safe. Um, but 
it, it, a little bit of normalcy is good. Um, it was nor it was good to feel normal to be in the building to be watching basketball, um, even if not everything was normal, even if not everything was the same. It's I'm not going to begrudge anyone that. And if you're planning to go to the Amway Center, I can tell you at least from the experience that I had with the media uh, and the media side of the building, uh, uh, the the protocols are pretty stringent. Um, you know they're. You know, Alex Martin's talked about it in the press conference on Monday that, you know, you you essentially download a clear, the Clear app, which is the same app that you'd use for the airport. Um, they'll they'll give you a, what they did at least for the media was they gave us a passcode uh, so that we could access their specific questionnaire. You fill out the questionnaire. Um, if you answer all the questions correctly to, or to their satisfaction, you get a green, um, and you show that to the to the person at the gate. They do a temperature check. You know, where the media is in a specific area, in a specific zone, we do not mingle with uh, with fans or with the players. We're up in the loge on the club level. Um, you know, I I honestly, aside from the people that were sitting around me in the loge and, and a couple people, I didn't see anybody. I didn't interact with anybody. And certainly there were so few people there that it was easy to social distance. It was easy to stay separated. So... I I've decided to go because I felt like the magic's stand you know the magic and the NBA's protocols were going to be pretty good and, and and pretty stringent and pretty solid at at keeping everyone at bay and and certainly at least on my end I felt very good about that. Looking out into the crowd and and, and where people were sitting and how they were positioned, I I am certain that social distancing will be observed. Uh, and and again, if everyone's responsible, wearing masks and, and keeping that social distancing. Um, this should work. Um, the only thing, the only concern is still and exit and entry. Um, there are obviously far too few people for that to be a major concern in, in, in this game. But I, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to give a ringing endorsement quite yet. But uh, certainly, it, I think the Magic seem to have done everything that they can do uh, for fans. But the in-game experience itself is just so different, um, and I can't help but think. For players, it is something that they're still going to spend time getting used to. You know, I think so, you know some of the Magic struggles shooting the ball. Honestly, was probably because they're used to seeing fans behind the seats and 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 used to a certain energy about the game, and and that's got to be recreated. That's got to be something they create themselves, and I think that's going to be an adjustment for teams throughout the league. I, I don't think that that's something that's just a spit. That's something you can just turn on and off. I mean, Terrence Ross said. Once you're out there and you get into the flow, it's it's fine. It feels it feels normal to them. But I can tell you, you know, I you know, and I think honestly, I underestimated how strange the feeling is. Because on TV, everything looks so normal. Everything sounds and feels so normal. I, I'm here to tell you that it's not. I'm here to tell you that there is some, you know, we're in the uncanny valley. We're in, you know, this fun house mirror of what normal life looks like. Just to get a little taste of what normal looks like and feels like. This is what we got to do. And this is this is the this is what it's going to feel like for a little while. Um you know, I think every team has done their best to weather this and to and and, and, and to find a way to make this work. Um you know, teams certainly are going to do that and fans are going to find that too. You know, game operations are going to find that too. And it's going to feel a little less weird every time we do it, once it becomes more normal. But I can tell you this, the first time you step into an arena and experience this, it's gonna feel weird. Paul Porter asking the crowd to stand and cheer for the fourth quarter. 
uh, and most of the noise is piped in. It's, it's, it's a little weird. I'm not going to lie. It's a little weird. But this is what we got to do. And very clearly, there's, there's very clearly, it's, it's, it's what we got to do. (laughs) That's all I think I have to say. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Search or tune in Himboy, Google Play, Spotify, and all the places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. We'll have complete coverage of Saturday's game against the Charlotte Hornets on orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter there at omagicdaily. We'll be back again Monday with a recap of that game from Saturday as we get ready for the regular season to begin next week. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.